1: Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod as ever Good man to the right of me, Alan Quinlan joins me I'm great to have a special guest and World Cup winner today in Butch James Butch, how are you getting on? Great to have you on the pod
2: Yeah, I finally got uh, my connection all connected uh, Battling a bit with my technical skills But good to be uh, part of the pod and uh, nice to see both of you
1: Alan, straight in, we chatted about it on Sunday Stafford game, getting over the line if you had a bit more time to reflect on it what did you make of it, it was such a good spectacle
0: well first of all it's great to have Butch on um, if he was playing in the modern game a little bit like myself we probably wouldn't last on the pitch too long because Butch, <laughs> Butch liked the chest high tackles and uh, he uh, it might suit him nowadays with all the, the emphasis on, on lowering the tackle height I'm only joking Butch mm. obviously but um, you're incre- no I agree I agree 100%. with you 100% incredibly physical player you like to put a hit in I will tell you that much but um yeah, after the weekend, obviously from an Irish point of view, very happy. Uh, we're under no illusions, I don't think. And Andy Farrell and the Irish team won't be under any illusions as to, um, you know, everything is sorted now. Ireland are great, this is it. They're going to go and win the World Cup. They, they got fortunate. Um, they didn't probably play the way they wanted to play. Um, that's down to the quality of the team they were playing. South Africa are an amazing side. I probably was one of the few... Pundits, and it's good that Butch knows this. That predicted South Africa would beat Ireland, based on um, <clears throat> the power, the strength, the quality as well. There's a lot made about the physical power, but this this South African team very skillful. Of course, they play to their strengths, but they've incredible X factor players. They can move that ball when they want. Um, you know, they've some of the best players in the world playing in that side, and they're incredibly well coached. You know, by by Jack Nienaber, Rassi, and and. You know Felix Jones, Irishman in the mix as well. So, um, you know the pleasing thing about um, Ireland, aside from the performance, was their resilience, their fight to stay in the game, to physically kind of put pressure on on that Springbok bre- breakdown, and 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 to probably keep believing that um, they were under no doubt. They had to work incredibly hard, and I think most Irish people would admit that. Particularly that period after halftime up to most of that second half, South Africa looked like the team that were, were, were getting on top. They were making it very uneasy for Ireland. And of course, they look at their performance and, and see some mistakes and errors as well. But it was a hell of a test match. You know, everybody right across the world is talking about this. I see people in America in different sports tweeting about this. these crazy uh, Irish and South African players uh, players at the World Cup, loads of English soccer pundits, soccer players in England. It's amazing. So this game captured the imagination right across the world. And, uh, you know, the good thing after the match, there was no big debates. Barr, I think, maybe Butch might elaborate on this from the South African point of view. At the end, that mall, that was a mall, and then the ball comes back and Ben O'Keefe blew up the whistle. But, um, you know, Ireland probably were fortunate in the end, but I think they kind of created fortune, so they stayed in the fight, if you know what I mean, and and it'll be interesting to see what Butch thinks about the kicking and stuff. Um, You know, uh, uh, South Africa obviously missed a couple of kicks, but psychologically, it's a big boost for Ireland, and it's not a surprise either that they were kind of in the fight and right in the mix with a wonderful South African team. Because I think the top three teams, we said it from the start, South Africa, Ireland and France are a, a level above mm-hmm. all the other teams. That doesn't automatically mean they'll win the World Cup, but they're, they're right at the top of the pile. And, and I think out of that three, the winner will come.
1: Uh, Butch, Alan says a big boost for Ireland. What about South Africa in general? You know, where you... I don't think you'd be shocked at the physicality levels, but did you feel South Africa just didn't take their chances or full credit to Ireland?
2: I, I think a bit of both. You know, I think uh, I agree with Alan. I mean, a, 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 a rugby game where the scoreline was 13-8, anyone, if you had told them that's what the score's going to be, they would have thought, oh, it's going to be a boring game and, and not really good to watch. But I agree, it was one of the best test matches we've ever seen. So um, I think it's It probably came down to a a number of reasons. I think uh, the Irish physicality, I'm sure that once the Springboks had their their team and also their bench, the forwards coach for Ireland were drawn to them uh, from the minute the team was announced exactly what was coming and to match them physically. And you could just see uh, with the way the the Irish team were talking to each other in the warm-up and pre-game. That they were fired up and ready to take uh, the Springboks on physically, and they certainly did match up in the guard. So it was a it was a great spectacle, um, especially nowadays. With we, now we were talking earlier about just about the game how it's changing and they're taking away from the collision quite a bit. But on on Sunday, we cer- certainly did see a lot of good big collisions, which is always great uh, for a rugby fan to watch. So um, yeah, I, I thought. Um, it was an interesting game. You know, the, the Irish obviously uh, kicking for touch instead of taking their points with a, a goal kicker like Johnny Sexton doesn't miss too many. So that was quite interesting for me. And that just showed their intent to come at the Springboks and run at them and take them on. So that was uh, great to see. And then um, I, I think uh, the Springbok defence was also really, really good. And I think like one of you mentioned earlier, the, the Irish weren't really allowed to play because... It was probably because of that defense and in-your-face sort of defense that the Springboks had so yeah it, it was just an amazing I, I did feel that the, the Springboks didn't take their chances they did have quite a number and especially with the boot um, missing a few kicks which uh, probably cost them in the end but all in all I was I was happy with their performance I thought the Springboks played really nicely and and really well and it it, it didn't really make me think, sure, we, we, we're out of the World Cup and not going to be there in the semis or anything like that. It actually gave me a bit more confidence. We were playing against a really, really good uh, team, number one team in the world. And yeah, I, I think this island team is really, really special. So the performance that the Springboks put in actually gave me confidence that we will be there come semifinals and playoff time. And I really, really do believe that uh, that will be the final island South Africa.
1: Very gracious in defeat there Alan, isn't be Phil Crad Darnley saying But, you know, he believes it will be the final I asked you on Sunday how the game will differ how, If it was the final, how, how do you think it will change?
0: Not a lot from the intensity point of view because um, You know, we know South Africa, that's in their DNA to be really physical um, You know, if I was playing in that South Africa pack, I wouldn't want to be You know, moving away from using the, the scrump dominance that they have against most teams. Um the line out dominance in them all. Um the physicality of actually running at people around the side of breakdowns. Um, obviously you want to play good territory and play in the right areas as well and, and and for any forward you want your ten, your nine and ten putting you on the other end of the field, the attacking zone. But um <clears throat> I don't think it'll differ usually. I think both sides And I agree with Butch, I think um, South Africa, again, you know, they won't walk away from this game thinking, God, we're in turmoil here, we've got to change everything, we've got to bring in a raft of new players, that's not the case. This game could have went either way. If South Africa had kicked some of the penalties that they had, maybe Ireland would have went up the field and got a score, would have reacted. so. Who knows? I think they're, you know, Ireland have earned the respect of world rugby. I think we've been in positions, particularly in 2019, where we got to that world number one ranking based off winning a Grand Slam in 2018, going to Australia, winning a series and beating New Zealand in November. It was probably a false um, ranking. We had a disastrous year in 2019. Six Nations was really poor, the World Cup warm-ups and then the World Cup was disappointing. So... There's something different about this team, and we've seen it with them going winning a series last year in New Zealand, winning a grand slam, winning November matches. Um, so they have a real steel about them, but they have a quality as well. You know, they're really good players, and that's the pleasing part. So, mm. I don't think either side will change a lot. I think they'll try and be better in certain areas. You know, Ireland's lineup was obviously a de- deficient and an issue. Um, Again, no surprise that the pressure that Etzebeth and Mustard are putting on there and, and um and Peter Steph the Toy, they're world class. They have brilliant line out options. And Ireland were a little bit naive, slow on the throw, slow on the movement, and if you're any bit hesitant against a Springbok pack, they're gonna they're gonna steal ball. One or two throws that the timing was off. But for any team to lose six line outs in a game, um you, If you said that before a game, certainly for me as someone who was big into lineouts, I would say it's going to be hard to win that game. So it's incredible that they did. They'll try and fix that, obviously. I think South Africa will try, if they were doing something different, would try and get more dominance in that attack zone and be a bit more patient. I think Ireland didn't allow them a lot of options to get into the, their that 22. And we know and we've seen that when South Africa get in there, they're really they can be really ruthless. So there's there's a couple of things. Switching off at of breakdowns, you know, being being a little bit quicker to the to clean out. Ireland won nine turnovers in the game. It's a big number, and it's 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 unlikely that it happen again if they did meet. But look, it's hypothetical, I think. Like I said, France, Ireland, and South Africa are 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 a level above. That doesn't mean on their day that a New Zealand or a, a, an England or an Argentina or even a Fiji could could trouble one of these teams but on paper they're the strongest teams if they met in the final again well i know the french people wouldn't like it um but it would be incredible <laughs> but there's, there there's a lot of steps <laughs> to go before then you know Ireland've got to play Scotland next week you take your yeah. eye off the ball there and they're dangerous and then obviously New Zealand under day and butch will notice you played against them many times even though it's not the same New Zealand as old, on their day, and they showed that in the rugby championship, particularly in that first 20 minutes at that game in Mount Smart in July. Yeah. They can they can get it right. They have some serious players, but they're not the same. So who knows? Rugby is about, you know, on the day and, and um, it would be incredible if that had happened. But I can guarantee you that Razzi Erasmus or Andy Farrell don't want to hear any mention of finals or meeting up again. They've they work in hand between now and then.
1: Well, we both just brought it up, so that's a good idea. But if we look at the 10 jersey for uh, South Africa, Manny LeBoc and then Andre Pollard, as a former 10, best place to talk about it. Obviously, LeBoc missed a few kicks, but he'll put that probably past him and get on with it. But which way would you go if you were the South African coaching setup? Which way would you go for Tonga at the weekend?
2: Yeah, I think for the for the weekend against Tonga, they will probably go with Andre at 10 and, and give him a run. He hasn't played much rugby, so to have him over there, even if he is over there as a reserve, you need to be giving him some game time and, and letting him have a run around. So I'm sure they'll go with him on the weekend. I feel really sorry for Marnie. Obviously, he has got the responsibility of the goal kicking. But besides the goal kicking, I think he's been outstanding uh, in a Springbok jersey. Um, you know, I think since uh, Russi took over and then under Jacques Nino, but I think our attack with ball in hand's probably been the best it's ever been under those two coaches. So, and I, I would put that down to to the way Marnie's been playing. So, I really do feel sorry for the guy because he's added so much value to the Springbok uh, squad. Uh, his, his line kicking for me is exceptional, uh, especially from a penalty and kicking it into the five-yard line. Which gives those forwards that chance to only uh, maul it five meters to score the try, you know, so For me, I, I really feel for the guy. I hope he can um, sort his kicking out and and uh, Maybe fix or find something that he's just been missing so that uh, He doesn't miss too many because unfortunately when it does come down to a final it might just be that one or, or those two kicks that uh, don't go over that will cost you so um, it's a tough, it's a tough call for the the coaches. I think, um, like I said, they will play Andre this weekend and see how he goes. Uh, even if he doesn't start, I'm sure they'll try to get him as close to 40 minutes as they can. And then, um, yeah, then uh, then they've got a, a bit of a headache. But um, yeah, I think obviously in the in South African public, everyone's talking about the kicking and the the missed kicks. So they all want Andre to start and. Um, because they feeling that if he's on the field he's not going to miss a kick but he's also human he's also been out of the game for a while so we haven't seen how he's kicking at the moment so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how that uh, de- debate goes and, and which uh, one the coaches go for and I suppose
1: his biggest strength Booch, um, is he's been there and done that Andre but as you say he hasn't played a lot of games recently
2: yeah I, I definitely he's got the experience I mean he won uh, under 20 championship with South Africa when he was still at school um, and I, I felt that from then on even that experience when he was only 18 years old really did give him that experience that uh, every number 10 probably needs and um, we saw that at the uh, 2019 world cup he was very cool calm and and um, slotted his penalties when he needed to so he definitely does have a cool head on his shoulders, so that will be invaluable. And I think defensively, nothing against Marnie's defence. I think he's pretty solid on defence, but defensively, Andre's maybe a little bit more solid. I think when you got the likes of Bondi Archie, we saw him make a brilliant break from just outside his 22. When you got big guys like that running at you, maybe you would rather have Andre there. I'm not too sure. I think... Um, Marnie probably uses his speed to close the the space out and and make a softer tackle than um, letting the guy get uh, a bit of momentum and and running at you. So, yeah, a lot for the the selectors and the the coaches to consider, but um, yeah, I I think it's a nice headache to have.
0: A former 10 talking about physicality levels. Yeah, Butch, did you ever find yourself in that position where you miss kicks in in a big game? and, And if so, maybe you didn't. If so, how how would you how would you deal with it now if you're Manny Libok? Lots of people talking about him, he's kind of central yeah. attention. I'd see a lot of people saying, give him a break, you know, see a Khaleesi came out, you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago backing him up as well, that it's a team game. Yeah. How would you deal with it?
2: Yeah, it's 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 really hard to turn it around when you're on the field. I think um from a personal point of view, when I was kicking and even in a warm-up, you know, I didn't like to be kicking out on in the in the field. I like to take it almost onto the try line and just aim at the pole because if you do start missing one or two in front of the poles, and then that's playing on the back of your mind when you do run out to the field to take uh, to the game, you know, so it's definitely a confidence thing, that the kicking, and I, I suppose it's the same for a hooker, you know, I was I was really impressed, actually, I know the, the, the Irish lost a lot of lineouts, but they lost a lot of those lineouts early on in the game, and the way they came back and started winning their lineouts, I was very impressed with that, it's it's quite often that that can downward spiral, and, and you could end up not winning a lineout, you know, so I, I thought that the way they came back and made sure that they did win their the line out ball was, was pretty impressive because after that first 20 minutes, them losing three or four, I thought, oh, no, that's it. We've, we've got every single, like, just make sure you kick the ball out and we will win the ball back, you know. But they they did. They they came back nicely there. And uh, you got to give them a lot of credits for, for that as well because I, I do feel like a, a hooker and a, uh, the, the goal kicker is pretty similar. When you lose that confidence, it's pretty hard to get it back.
1: But your last one on the kicking, when you were playing you had Fran Stein and Percy Montgomery as well to share, oh, I suppose, the load of the kicks. Did you feel that more as a pressure thing or was it actually quite good if you missed one someone else would take one or not?
2: Yeah, I, I must say, I, I think um, as a fly-off I always liked the responsibility that a fly-off had and and I suppose goal kicking was a part of that but to take the, the, the restarts um or the the line kicks or the 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 22 dropouts you know for me i enjoyed doing that because i felt it was my job and if someone took that away from me i felt that i wasn't um sort of everything that i could for the team but i must admit when you've got a kicker and in 2007 he didn't miss too many it was great to know that Monty was kicking for goal. But if you asked anyone how they thought Monty played, everyone's going to say that he was poor. And that was because he had missed those kicks, you know. So it is. It's a lot of pressure. If you don't get the, the, the goal kicks and, and, and get the conversions over, then uh, you're going to end up having a poor game. So f- for myself, I enjoyed it in 2007 when uh, Percy was kicking for a goal because um, I knew that he was kicking better than me and was better for the team. But I was still taking the the, the restarts, kicking for, for the line and so on. And so I still had my place in the team. I wasn't just there to pass the ball sort of thing. So um, it definitely took a bit of pressure off, but I knew it was for the better of the team.
1: Alan, what do you make of the light system, Razi and Jack, Nine and Bar?
0: <clears throat> Not a lot,
2: really, because
0: I, I don't... I suppose, again, um, I, I, I would think that you know, obviously for top-class international players that they can make their decisions down on the field. And, and, but look, it's the way Razzie wants to do it. And Jack Nienanbar want to do it. They want to, uh, you know, make those decisions. I thought the two long range kicks from Fla- Faf Flaff to Clark, certainly the second one probably should be pumped down into the corner and go and try and build some pressure on Ireland. But there's a debate about it. I don't really, I, I find Razzie really intriguing. Um, in everything he does. So I kind of like that it's something different. Some people are saying to me, well, these players should be able to make their own decisions. Probably, probably. Um, and I played with Ron O'Gara for so many years, whereas we got a penalty in any sort of range, even if it was kind of an unlikely kick. It's his call. If he wants to go for it, he goes for it. Okay, there's other matches there where you have a good score and you're, you, you, you feel straight away, it's going into the corner. We're seeing out the game here or whatever. But, you know, I think they should be able to make their decisions. And maybe if Pollard is on there, it's different because he's he's probably taking control a little bit there. But I find it entertaining, so I'm not going to criticise it. But there is an element of that. But
1: the clip is Felix holds it up. Razzy's actually speaking and Nainabar's having a drink.
0: Yeah, well, he's probably. You, you, what we probably didn't see is Jack was probably telling Felix stick up your yeah. cone there Razzie's so he's the probably
1: orchestrator and talent, Razzie's
0: probably screaming uh, information to one of the other messengers going on to the forwards or to the full back or to somebody else to do something so it's intriguing and it's entertaining and I just I just I I, I know some people criticise Razzie a lot about the, the after the lines when he had that big rant uh, about Nick Berry probably crossed the line for sure but there's always something interesting there and 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 I like that but um he's a shrewd coach as well. You know, I remember when Rassi came to Munster first, I rang Vian Dupree, who played under him at the Cheetahs, and Vian played with me in Munster for a few years. And like he always Razzie was always thinking out of the box, even back in those early days with the Cheetahs. And that light system was 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 uh, happening in the stadium in Blumfontein. I'm sure Butch was there a few times seeing yeah. those lights. So I, I I like it. But I do think, yes top-class international players should have a feel of the game on the pitch and be able to make those decisions. Captain and leadership group, um, sometimes sh- I think they should be able to make those decisions themselves. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Butch, your dealings with Razzie and Jack, if you have any, or just in general, what do you make of the whole trio there? With Felix Jones, of course.
2: No, but look, I agree with with everything Alan said, you know, I think they really are the uh, Russy's by far the cleverest rugby coach I've uh, been able to deal with. I think uh, I was fortunate to actually play my first te- test match with Russy, so I played a little bit with the Springboks uh, with him. Um, in those days, he was quite a joker and, um, and not as serious as he is now as a coach. So it's good memories and he was also actually one of my heroes growing up you know I loved him the way he played as a flank biggest guy but really did get stuck in and and also had a bit of skill so I, um, I really enjoyed the way he played and and I love the way he coaches and and thinks out of the box and and really does try to come up with new things I think um, back in the day with the cheaters with the lights he actually used to the, the players on the field there would make no calls. He, he I think it was halfway through the season, they had made one or two poor uh, decisions as a, uh, as a team. And he said, I'm taking that away from you and I'll make the calls for you. So I agree a bit with Alan. though. No, I think um, you've got to feel it on the field as well. Sometimes as players, especially as a pack of forwards, you might feel after a huge scrum that you've got the upper hand, you get the penalty, and then you, you want to go for the line back your mall and and go for the seven points and then you get a, a decision to go for polls which uh, Would probably take the air out of the forwards thinking no, let's go for it And then you get the the decision to go for polls. So it is a tough one. I think um, um, I think it's more just to get the message on clearer I think a lot of coaches do probably send the message through their physios or the medical staff to to make the call if it's poles or for the line. Then I think Rusty just wanted to make it clearer with the lights that no, there's no uh, broken telephone getting the message on. But um, yeah, I, I I think it should be 50/50. I think the players should have the ability to overrule it if it does come on that they need to go for goal or go for line. They should be able to overrule it.
1: And Booch, your take on the seven-one in a weave. Talked about it here a lot in the Ireland, in Ireland with the media and all over the world. But in South Africa, you're in Durban at the moment. Is a conversation to the local shop? Oh, what about the seven-one uh, here? And, or are we are and, we making and, too much out of and it? And
0: Matt Williams is is famous now in South Africa for last week's pod where he he uh, went to town on the seven-one. He's and very much entitled <laughs> to his opinion. Obviously, uh, we respect everyone's yeah. opinions. And I was. Uh, there was a big reaction online, particularly from South African fans and journalists. About, himself. About, uh, yeah, about Razi tweeted Matt as well. Me tweeted at the pod um, about Matt disagreeing. But what what was the reaction like
2: in South Africa? Yeah, I, I think uh, there, it was a, a little bit talked about. Um, but uh, to be honest, I, I thought when we played against New Zealand just before the World Cup in at Twickenham, and that was the first time they went for the seven-one. I thought it was more of a forced he was forced to do it, I think um, one of the, I think it was Vili LaRue or one yeah. of the backline yeah. players that were on the bench, pulled out through injury and I, I just felt that he didn't want to risk and Colby or one of the, his other players in that game, so he just went for the 7-1 and it seemed to have worked then. And and then again, I think against Ireland, I think um, the reason he, he he put his team out so quickly and also put the 7 was was maybe just to play a bit of mind games with with Ireland and just to show Ireland exactly how they were wanting to play. I mean, most, most teams do know how South Africa normally want to play anyway. I think getting the team out early, making it a seven, one maybe got them talking about it, their minds off maybe other things that they should be concentrating on. And, and, um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I, I don't know. I, I, week. I said, yeah, seven, one, it's, interesting but it's very risky
1: alan what was interesting actually at the weekend fafta clerk with a glint in his eyes said Amory keegan for virgin media said we don't normally make uh the same mistakes twice and said he really enjoyed the match and they don't to be fair like he's itching to get back out there and no, prove of, a of point
0: course, of course they are um like again as i said at the start of this podcast um you know it's not in patronizing in any way Does nobody in ireland thinks now that they're the the perfect scenario. We we I, we realise, and I think the Irish team realise themselves that they're a very good side, and I like that they're very grounded, and that comes from obviously from the players, but from the coaching staff as well. Andy Farrell is a very laid back fella. He's he's quite comfortable um, in obviously what he's built uh, with this team, the mental strength. Um, the resilience that they have, but also realising that, you know, you can lose, you can lose sporting events, you can do everything right. Um, It's brilliant that Ireland are at this level. Um, Again, it guarantees nothing. Uh, But, you know, when I played with Munster for a long time, when we were when we were in a dominant era, um, one thing Mick Galway, our captain, always said is if we lose a game, we don't lose two in a row. We just don't. We've got to, whatever the case may be, find a reaction and find an anger and an aggression and, and a performance that we, 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 we fix the rights, um, fix the wrongs pretty quickly. There's no guarantee with that, but you can imagine South Africa, if they did play Ireland again, yes, um, I still think there would be very little in it. I still think it'd be an incredibly mammoth task um, for us, uh, the Irish team, to beat them again. Can they do it again if it happened? Yes, of course, but it's hypothetical now. But I think South Africa, yes, they're they're a wonderful side. And, and right across the board, there's there's no weakness. I can't see, there's no weakness there. I think the only thing you could say was the kicking the other night if Pollard was back in there. Like Damien D'Alenda, we watched him in Munster for a couple of years and a team that was probably struggling. He's He's phenomenal. Um, you know, Luke, can you, yeah Yeah, um, at 13, probably, would he go back into the side? Yes, um, even though Jesse Creel has done very well. Malcolm Marks, obviously, is a loss to them as well. So, they're down a couple of, you know, really top world-class players, but they've so much strength and depth that it doesn't seem to affect them that much. Um you know, so you know, of course, Faf de Clerc, he believes that yes, they're they're still in the mix, and all of South Africa, all of that South African squad will believe yes, they're still in the mix, even though they've got to play. You know, it'll, it's likely that they'll be playing France in a quarter final. They'll fancy their chances there, and and you could not bet against this team actually lifting the World Cup again because they're they're that good.
1: Butch, just bringing you in there, Alan's talked about maybe South Africa. Not fearing Ireland, but no, they'll be up against it. New Zealand and then France, are they the three which stand out to you? Is there anyone else South Africa you think maybe might struggle against, or just those three?
2: Um, To be honest, I wouldn't like to be playing against Fiji at the moment. I think uh, the Fijians are just going to get better and better as the tournament goes on, so... For me, it's the Fijians that I would worry about the most. Um, but in saying that, I think, um, yeah, I think from now on, in I think against Tonga this weekend, um, well, they also I think Ireland will probably have the same the same um, thing to think about is that they've got to get up for it. You know, they they can't just think, okay, well, we had a huge game against Ireland, and now we're going to have an easier game. So, We can take it easy, but uh, I think they've got to arrive and make sure that they prepare as well as they did against any other team.
1: And a final one to you, Boots, before we let you go. You've been very good with your time. This South Africa team, do you think they'll go on and win it? I know there's so many ifs and buts, but uh, do you think they're better in the 2019 team? Or do you think actually the other teams around them are better? Or which way do you see it going?
2: I I think the South African team is better than 2019. But in saying that, I think the teams around uh, are also better. So uh, I still believe the chances of Springboks winning it again are are good. But uh, like I said, there's a lot of good teams around them and um, it's going to be tough. So um, we saw on the weekend, Ireland, number one team in the world are outstanding. The French are unbelievable. And I wouldn't quite write off New Zealand just yet.
1: Alan, do you but, want to finish there yeah, with butch- butch- and the snakes? Just,
0: I think there's a, from what I can see there in the picture, there's a green mamba hanging out of a tree there behind you. So just don't get out of yeah. the car yet. <laughs> uh, I'm only joking. But the next time I'm going to wait back, for
2: you to come get it because I'm not going to catch it.
0: Yeah, well the next time I'm back in South Africa, you have to, uh, you tried to get me sorted with a snake handler last, last April. Um, as John de Villiers told you, I'm obsessed with snakes. The more poisonous, the better. Black mambas, green mambas, puff adders, all that. So, um, do your research. Uh, I'm going to start planning now. Do your research, start planning now. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to going out snake hunting with you when I'm back in South Africa. And thank you. Are you, you going so by much.
2: yourself? Eh? I'm not coming with you. So. Oh,
0: God. I thought you have to come with me. You have to come out but with me. But you were a 10, will, you have to take I control.
2: I organize it, but you can,
0: uh. <laughs> Okay, well, good. Thank you so much for coming, for coming on. Thanks for coming on. It's great.
1: great. There you go, have it, for
0: A pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. See you
1: soon. Great, cheers, to, have, cheers, great to have him on, but you can see there he's still confident that he could go on and win this.
0: Of course, yeah. They're not gonna be um they're disappointed. You lose a game, but they're not gonna be disillusioned. There's no issues here as regards Um tactically um, you know, on the day. And that's rugby fear when you, when you when two really close teams come up against each other. Um, somebody has to, to, to probably win the game, you know, and that's the reality, unless you get a draw. Um, so, yeah, they're they're not going to be too disillusioned. I think they can look back. And uh, on the other side of that, I think Ireland will look at their game and think they can be better in certain areas. And, and the obvious one, as we said, is the line out. There's probably a couple of um, options in attack that they didn't take. Um, And there's always things that you analyse and look at and then you hope to go out the the next time you play, not necessarily against the same team, but just be better at the next time match you play. And for Ireland, it's, you know, if Ireland lose six lineouts against Scotland, well, they're going to have problems. They're going to be issues. Um, So uh, Scotland are a very good side and they're dangerous side. On paper, Ireland are stronger side, but... You know gregor Townsend is and i've said this for two years now scotland are going to be rubbing their hands for this for this fixture they they'll they'll really feel they can get amongst ireland here and, and rattle them and and maybe get them at a um a, a lower emotional pitch than they were for the south african and butch said it there you know it's hard to get right up again and get all that you know the crowd was the even before the game the atmosphere was incredible Will it be the same in Paris? Well, I'm sure the atmosphere will be really good, and the Irish will be there in their droves again. But Ireland have got to generate <clears throat> this momentum themselves because um, stand off Scotland alone, play they can really punish you. Finn Russell, you know, Tupelo, to uh, Van der Merwe, Blair Kinghorn, these guys they they can really hurt teams, and and they will fancy their chances of doing that. And it's a last ditch attempt for them if they don't beat Ireland, they're out of the World Cup. So. Um, Ireland have got to improve in certain areas. Will you get the same physical pressure as as South Africa? Well, that's kind of unique to any team to play South Africa. They feel a heat and a and and an aggression and and a pressure that's that's probably at the very top level, um, right across the board. You never get a minute on the ball, and and uh, you know they're so physical and strong. So, yeah, it, it kind of, it's it's a, it's a challenging one for Ireland. Now, obviously, having the weekend off, they've got a chance to recover, look at some stuff, try and fix it, and that'll be the goal for this period of time. First and foremost, recovery. There's a lot of work gone in over the summer and pre-season, so it's about fine-tuning things and making sure they get that, that mental approach right for Scotland. Um, but, again they'll know Scotland are going to throw everything at them and um, it's a really dangerous game for Ireland and a really challenging one. So, you know, they could undo their all the great work they've done in in 180 minutes against a, a very dangerous side.
1: And if everyone is fit uh, for the 23, how many changes do you expect Andy Farrell Mi-minimal. to make? Only a
0: couple? Um, well, it's up to Andy Farrell. Obviously, I don't, I don't make the decisions. Um, he may rotate a few positions, but, like, for me, and I, I've said this probably, I think I said it last week. I, you know, luckily enough, Ireland have a, had a good run on the, on the injury front so far. But you, you, the week off is this week, they're all getting a break. So, why would you give players another week off? Is that looking too far ahead and saying, Oh, god, we've a quarter final to play? You've got to just figure out now. The best team to play Scotland, and the best team to play Scotland is the strongest one that probably went out in the field on on Saturday. Of course, if Jack Conan is back, he can come back in the mix. Maybe Ian Henderson comes in, and either Tyburn or James Ryan sit in the bench. There might be a little bit of rotation there. There might be one change in the back row. Who knows? But there's not a a lot of changes. There's there's minimal changes here. Maybe two or three changes out of the 15. Um, Why would you not play Johnny Sexton? Well, in case he gets injured, people will say... But there's no point in not playing Johnny Sexton and Scotland beating you then, and there is no match the following week. So they've got to focus on. on Sexton months to play. Of yeah. course, and all these. This is the start of their season. You know, people forget that, and don't realise sometimes, you know, Malcolm Marks got injured in training. I've seen teammates over the years get injuries in training and, and be out for a period of time in mismatches. It can happen, it's a calculated risk. Um, Ireland have got to pick the best team for Scotland and respect that, that as it is that it's 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 a very very difficult game and Scotland could beat Ireland um, who knows they might bring their best performance that they have brought in the last two years and, and beat Ireland they're capable of beating Ireland um, they have to bring a brilliant performance to do it I think we'll acknowledge that and Gregor Townsend will know that but you pick the best team for, for Scotland and whoever is available and fit, if they progress then, well, you pick from that for the following week. I, I'm, I don't buy into this scenario of, you know, a lot of people are saying about Anton Dupont, they should have been taken off at half-time and all that stuff. Of course, he, the plan was to take him off in 50-55 minutes, Fabian Galtier said that, but this is just, sometimes that bit of luck is against you. Um, if Ireland are playing Romania next week, that's a different story yes you make multiple changes and because of the level of opposition but you can't do that against Scotland so you make seven or eight changes here in the team and Scotland cause you massive problems and beat you well it's over the show is over no way for me I think you picked the strongest possible team
2: well
1: we'll see obviously that is a while away yet if we bring it closer to recent times we must touch on Australia that performance against <laughs> Wales out of the World Cups 40 points conceded you said last week Eddie Jones will go at the end of the World Cup campaign. Has your I has it changed well, or is it just by going by speculation I, and different things? I don't
0: the, know if he'll go. I think, but he he'll 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 struggle to to continue as the coach. Um, I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing. I think the results have been really poor. In his defence, he's picked a lot of young players, so. That's a strong argument to well, say. How's that
1: in his defense, though? If he had guys at home that could do a good job as well, yeah, of sense. course.
0: But 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 he backed players who were young, and a lot of the critics seem to be that he backed guys who haven't a lot of top level rugby played, even at Super Rugby level. Um, so he thought they could do a job for him here. He was excited, and and he left left some very experienced players out of the squad. Um, Will he go? I don't know. I, I I think it'll be hard for him to keep his job because I think there's obviously, um, this is the first time ever that Australia haven't uh, made the knockout stages and there's, it's just everything they did on Sunday night, particularly in that second half. I think they had a period of 15, 10, 15 minutes in the first half where they looked quite cohesive and dangerous. Um, but Again, Wales, were, Wales deserve credit. They they snuffed them out. Their fitness level was really high, which again doesn't surprise me because you know, Warren Gatlin was always big on being unbelievably fit. It sounds like it's something, a box-ticking scenario, but Australia didn't look fit. They'd look slow and cumbersome getting to the ball, their movement on the ground. And I know from my own experience with Gaddy, that's a massive part of preparing any team, particularly... For World Cup and at the start of that that off season, he's big into, you know, pushing yourself to the limit from the fitness point of view. Some coaches stand back from this and they let their fitness, head of fitness, look after it. But like Gaddy is standing over all this stuff. He's watching guys running through the woods and you know doing the fitness sessions, getting down up and down, getting sick in pre-season. He loves that, and um, Wales are very fit. And we've heard a lot about the, the the torture and the pain they went through, so that is helping them as regards where they've come from. You know they had a really poor Six Nations. They lost against Georgia last November. They lost against Italy the previous Six Nations. They've been on a very bad run. Gatti came in and took over for the Six Nations. It was very disappointing for them. So they deserve credit, but Wales were abysmal, and they made it quite easy in that second half. They had no answers to hard line speed and big numbers in their faces. The kicking game was poor. Their line out, their scrum was capitulated. Um, I was quite shocked at how bad it was, to be honest. And But then, if you look at the runner results, they'd only won one game in, in seven. Um, and so confidence must have been low. There's been lots of chopping and change. And he's got this wrong. I think if you look back at it, you know, Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper. Um, Burner
1: Foley, you can name yeah, them. You know whether those guys would be starting or not, yeah. but surely you'd want them involved. You know, which, and you we've see, talked about this for weeks. W- so. w-
0: World Cup is is is. It sounds again very obvious, but cup rugby sometimes, you know, South Africa won an ugly match against Wales in the 2019 semi-final, but it was cup rugby they played, and you know, sometimes if you're lacking a little bit in in attack or you're not as 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 good from an attacking point of view as the opposition. You know, you need to do the simple things well and play really good tactical rugby. And um, Australia don't even have that. Tactically, they're not good with their kicking game. And then when they get into the right areas, they lose lineouts, you know. and, And a lot of this stuff seemed to, they just drained in confidence. So it was quite surprising because I saw Australia last November in Dublin and I thought, These guys could be a shout for the World Cup. They were missing six or seven players uh, uh, in that game against Ireland. They ran France very close in Paris. Um, They lost narrowly to Ireland as well and could have won that game. And I thought, get those players back. But, you know, they went to Italy and lost in Italy, didn't they? And um, then Dave Rennie gets the sack and, and Eddie Jones took over. So. You know, maybe maybe they will allow him stay. Um, and
1: sorry, last one on that before we have to go. They you say allow him to stay, but what what do you make of the five year? Well, he has a
0: contract. Yeah, so he's a but contract. But speaking so to Japan, if that's true or not well, true, but true, what we, do you make of it? We don't know. But if he was speaking to a, a, another um, country, I think it's probably out of order as regards, particularly before the World Cup. I think obviously, the way the World Cup has panned out for him in Australia after the World Cup, you could look at a situation that you know maybe someone he didn't just ring Australia as Japan himself like somebody has made contact somewhere to his agent or something
1: you sent um, them the same details
0: yeah but I don't know if it actually happened yeah. um, you know yeah, that is we like, need to see you know, proof of yeah. that but look if it did it's probably not a good look for him and doesn't help his situation now um, but there's deeper problems obviously in, with Australia uh, Ru- Australian rugby and, th- and this not just his team but I'm surprised I think they have a lot of good players and I just think tactically they weren't I couldn't really see any sort of game plan in any of the games and um, they were really poor in the Rugby Championship as well. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough time for them and it's tough if you're an Australian fan watching that and probably frustrating because I think they should be better.
1: Well, Al, thank you as always. Plenty more rugby this weekend and we'll hear your voice and co-commentary cool throughout the weekend. But it all starts tonight on Virgin Media as Uruguay take on Namibia. Thanks for listening.